Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, bringing you a new episode today. And on today's episode, I am going to be joined by Jogging Ready. He is the managing partner at Net Logistic US, and we're going to talk a little bit about Net Logistic, of course. Um, but we're also going to talk about a recent innovation day that they hosted, and and some of the takeaways from that. And we're also going to dive into the world of WMS, talking about some of the challenges that we're seeing out there, and how WMS systems and and WMSs are are addressing those challenges. And we're also going to dive into Blue Yonder a little bit because that's what they specialize in. So we're going to hear a little. Bit about how do they differ from others and then some best implementation practices as well because we all love a good implementation right uh, <laughs> so jogging welcome to the show how are you doing well kevin thank you thank you for having me having net logistic say a few things about some of the the topics sure. that you outlined Definitely, definitely. Um, happy to get you guys yeah. on and, and happy to dive into some of these topics and, and also learn uh, a little bit more about you guys as well. So so why don't we start with that? Why don't you give me kind of a, a brief overview of what it is uh, that NetLogistic is and what, and what it is that you guys focus on and, and do within our space? So we're a mid-sized company solely focused on uh, supply chain technology solutions. We work with market leaders like Blue Yonder and, and some of the others as partners. We resell, implement, support, and manage software solutions. Working with our, our market leaders, we're about 600 people globally, presence in the U.S., in Latin America, and, and growing pet presence now in Europe. Mm. Being in, in business for 20 years known recognized as as a company that brings a lot of industry depth uh, along with implementing solutions implementing successfully that's how market sees us that's how our partners uh, like blue yonder see us and we've had a, a successful last few years we're looking to wrap up 2023 as a, as a big growth year. Our U.S. business grew about 45% year wow. over year. Nice. Uh, globally, we grew somewhere between 20, 20 and 25%. Wow. wow. Very nice. Yeah. So do, doing very well. 
Yeah. Nice work. Nice work. Definitely. So I, I'm curious, I mean, now that you operate globally in, in all these different regions, I mean, where are you seeing, I know you mentioned for you guys, you, you're seeing a lot of growth in the, the U.S. for this year, but are, are there any particular regions of the world right now that are kind of in more demand for supply chain technologies and systems because they're, they're seeing a lot of growth? Yeah. Yeah. Latin America continues to be our you know call, call it normal growth region mm. but the 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 aggressive growth is in the US and Europe mm. where investments in supply chains particularly in what we do that's warehouse transportation labor and order management systems the, the just just massive amounts of investments going in mm. given you know, a lot of the changes that that we're seeing as as consumers, how we buy stuff and how we get that stuff delivered to us, and and that that change in expectations is driving companies, whether whether a company is a consumer brand company or mm. a retailer, or now it's 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 now you know becoming a norm in B two B commerce as well. Right. Getting getting orders placed and getting those orders shipped and received in full on time is critical for companies. And that's where these investments are becoming extremely critical for, for, for them. And that's what we're seeing. the growth. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious about that. I mean, as we see like a lot of, like you said, a lot of changes and, and shifts in, in where things are, are coming from and how they're being delivered. I was curious, like where you're, where you're seeing that growth at. I, I mean, would you say, because uh, obviously there's a lot of talk about Latin America and, and kind of nearshoring, I guess, in a, so to speak, and, and bringing, you know, a lot of distribution center warehousing to, to Mexico, especially close to the, the U.S. border. Are you seeing that when companies are, are doing that, are they investing in technology up front or are they kind of going maybe like with the basics to start and then, and then growing into, into a little more technology? Yeah, ne- nearshoring has been... You know, it's been around for mm-hmm. a number of years, the talk about nearshoring. Uh, but, but just the last, call it four, three plus years with COVID mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. and, and disruptions, mm-hmm. generally disruptions caused by whether they are trade tensions between you know, countries, uh, geopolitical tensions, how those tensions could really massively negatively impact supply chains. Companies are now becoming very, very focused last two years, uh, mm-hmm. right, of, of nearshoring and, and what makes most sense as to where they manufacture and distribute. Mexico is becoming an attractive destination for that mm-hmm. from the, the traditional Far East manufacturing right. approaches that is to be in place. And and as Mexico is, is quickly becoming that Mexico and some of the, the other countries in, in Latin America, we will see investments and growth because of nearshoring focus. It's early. We've not seen clear signs of, of big investments and those investments driving our go- growth. We've not yet seen it, but we, we foresee that in 2025, 20, 26, as we look to the next years okay interesting yeah 
Yeah, I was curious about that. Yeah. I was going to add uh, one one of the the key topics in our Mexico City Innovation Day sessions was nearshoring, the the, the positive impact of nearshoring on uh, on supply chains generally and, and, and what role does netlogistic play in that shift? Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're foreseeing it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I was curious about that because, you know, you hear a lot of talk of, of moving to Mexico and, you know, setting up operations there. And then, you know, a lot of interest in Texas as well, because it's close to the border to, to get goods over and that type of thing. But I was curious, you know, are they kind of setting up foundation testing waters a little bit before the, you know, that investment kind of comes in technology and things like that. And it sounds like, it sounds like that's the, the case and we'll be seeing a little more investment as you're saying in the next year to two years, three years. So very interesting there. And, and you mentioned the, the innovation day. So you guys uh, host this innovation day and, and recently hosted it, I think back in November here. So tell us a little bit about that. What, what is that? And, and what does that entail? We'll be back after a quick break. You hear a lot about supply chains these days, because if the past couple years have taught us anything, it's that an efficient, well-managed supply chain is absolutely critical to keeping businesses successful and consumers happy. I'm Will Haywood, and I host a podcast called All Business, No Boundaries, where we talk about supply chains, how they work, what happens when they don't, and the innovations that are redefining what's possible in the world of logistics. Join me for insightful interviews with thought leaders and industry experts. We discuss how optimizing supply chains can break down the barriers that are holding businesses back. That's All Business, No Boundaries by DHL Supply Chain. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, so there are, as as you know, Kevin, there are a lot of of events and, and conferences. A lot of them are hosted and, and run by software companies right. bringing bringing their customers and prospects and and other thought leaders and and share insights uh, a lot of those tend to be very focused on what that company does where their focus lies w- what we find is that there is a need and we hear this from our customers for for someone like us to bring a neutral objective forum to have discussions about where the industry is going, how companies should think about their supply chain investments and and, and the trends and and what they should be preparing themselves for. Mm -hmm. And that's how we think about our innovation day. We think about ourselves as a a facilitator of innovation in supply chain. And we embrace partners, companies that are, are current partners or, or new partnerships who can bring new things to the conversation. Mm. And, and, and as, as more people join the conversation, both customers who are in need of understanding what the trends are, as well as companies who are doing some innovative things in, in supply chain, if we can be part of, of making that connection, mm. And, and provide that that value. That's what we want to do, and and it it certainly helps us by being being you know part of the conversation by being uh, seen as a thought leader. It certainly helps us uh, as we do that facilitation. That's how we approached our innovation day. 
Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a great opportunity to, like you said, be able to, to learn these new things that are happening and, and, you know, get your, get your head around the the trends and things that maybe you're, you're hearing discussion around and, and really get focused on and, and figure out how can you bring those within your supply chain or start to think about how to bring those within your supply chain. So I'm curious for, for you, what, what was your biggest takeaway from the innovation day this year? Yeah. So companies, whether they're, they're, they're a manufacturer or a retailer or, or a 3PL or a distributor. They're, they're all thinking about what's next mm. in supply chain. What trends should they be paying attention to? And of those trends, which ones are, are near-term trends or, or, or trends where they need to take action, which ones are more directional, something that they need to pay attention to the next three to five years. And companies and leaders in companies, both on the business side, operations leaders, as well as IT leaders are, are eager to be part of that, that conversation. So that, you know, they, they're, Number one, they're wanting to understand what their near-term focus should be while they're paying attention to the kind of the medium-long-term trends. The second is, given the traditional software that's been around for a long time, the TMS, the Mm -hmm. WMS, the labor management system, OMS, as those boundaries are, are drawn, right, WMS does this, TMS does this, OMS does this, what they are finding is there are edges of WMS that overlaps with a TMS and it edges mm-hmm. of TMS that overlaps with OMS. Those edges seem to be where there is a lot of need for, call it innovation, so that supply chain can function like a, a single organism as opposed to being seen as as WMS does this, TMS does this, mm. or well, that's planning versus execution. And that's where that's where we play a big role, right? Where a WMS may say, hey, that's not that's not part of WMS, that's part of TMS. Mm. And TMS may say, well, that's not part of, part of us. That should be in the WMS. So we connect the dots to, to again, have a, a solution that functions for the business, regardless of the boundaries of a WMS versus a TMS versus labor. So that's the second thing. Mm. The third thing, there's a lot of focus on automation in operations that's you know, within warehouses, we're seeing a lot of mobile automation or mobile robots driven automation uh, compared to the the you know historical fixed infrastructure automation of you know ASRS or right. or you know those those uh, or or pictolite or conveyors right? those you know tend to be heavy fixed infrastructure, big investments compared to mobile goods to person or mobile robot helping picking or other critical tasks in in warehouses. We're we're seeing a lot of of that movement. Mm. And these these tend to be 
these new approaches also tend to be more conducive for pilots. Mm. You can do a small pilot in a a small part of the operation, learn and then expand as opposed to the historical big investments. Once you put an ASRS in, there there's no pilot. Right? Yeah. You just put it's, uh, <laughs> it's right? kind of permanent. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's permanent. <laughs> and there's a lot of interest there. Mm. And there's also on on more process automation where bots, software bots taking on uh, process automation. Right. Uh, right. Right. Taking emails and turning those emails into something or taking documents and turning into some actionable things. And you hear about this as robotics process automation, where bots are being written. We see more and more of that in, on the on the transportation side, because a lot of what goes on in transportation still is very much emails and, you know, not faxes anymore, but a lot of PDF files flying back and forth. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, we, we're, see, we're seeing a good bit of that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting because there is so much going on uh, around those different things. And, and like you said, you know, it's, it, it's hard to do a pilot with some of these technologies because it's pretty, pretty big undertaking to, to put them in place. And then, you know, even a bigger undertaking, if it, the pilot doesn't work out and you want to take it, take it out or yeah. something like that. Right. Yeah. So it's, a, it's really interesting to, to see that and, and see also how people are kind of going about that and, and trying to figure out how to do those pilots in a sense. But, you know, with all those things going on, I mean, tell us a little bit about how, from a, a WMS perspective, like how are, how are WMS is, and I guess specifically Blue Yonder, because that's what you guys work with. I mean, how are they addressing like some of those, some of those challenges or, or some of those needs within the industry and, and the marketplace to be able to, to do some of those flexible things? Yeah, yeah. WMS is, they've been around since the mid nineties, yeah. uh, since, since that's around when I started my career in, in, in the space as the call it the first WMSs were being written and brought to market. Mm. So when you look at market leaders like Blue Yonder and the others in whether it's uh, Gartner's Magic Quadrant and, and other you know, analysts, how they see and who they see as market leaders from a functional perspective, feature function perspective, they're all at relatively a parity, mm. right? Where the the next set of things are being done are now add to or to complement those you know, robust features and functions of WMS. Uh, how do you take the, the data within, you know, in insights that you can draw from that data? And how do you put a layer of, call it, you know, intelligence mm. on, on top of it so that WMS can, through again, that data and, and insights can sense changes in operations, can recommend changes in whether it's configuration changes or process changes to adapt to changing conditions within a warehouse, whether those the changes are day-to-day changes or changes over time. Mm-hmm. So that layer of intelligence to sense, adapt to changing conditions is, is 
where we see the market leaders, right? Blue Yonders and others, they're putting a lot of emphasis in on those things. And those mm-hmm. things don't have to be big investments to add on that layer. They, you know, they're offering those types of things as, as what are called microservices that you can turn on with relatively low investment, you know, quick implementations. So we're seeing that layer. And the second thing is, is as companies are thinking more and more about inventory and when where they should position their inventory given some of the, the behavioral changes that are happening whether yeah, whether it's b2c setting or b2b setting there's you know this proliferation that we're seeing of call it micro fulfillment centers or smaller right. footprint operations mm-hmm. and those operations have very specific set of needs do they need you know a, a big robust wms or or does that big robust you know wms serve maybe their national regional distribution centers but then you know micro fulfillment centers or or urban fulfillment centers need a different footprint uh, of a solution uh, that has you know different set of needs these tend to be smaller operations in terms of size, you know, 50,000, 100,000 square feet operations with 10, 15 people uh, in each operation. Yeah. So we're seeing another flavor of, call it a fulfillment system. Mm. Interesting. Right? To complement yeah. the core WMS that's being offered. Interesting. Um, so would that be... Uh, two systems that are, are running like side by side or hand in hand, I guess. Side by side, yeah. Okay. A very complimentary, right? Interesting. Uh, they, they share, you know, the, the call it the data and the insights across them. Mm, um, okay. And the key for, for, uh, for everyone is, is so you're not developing another WMS that competes with the core WMS, right? So they're, you know, they're navigating it carefully to say that, okay, that the new solution that's being offered is for this specific purpose, right? It's for these smaller uh, fulfillment centers, whereas your core WMS will be the WMS that you need for your large national regional distribution centers. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's so interesting to see, like you're mentioning, all these kind of different variations now in the way that operations are are running or, or looking like even from a, you know, micro fulfillment standpoint to, you know, some of these mega warehouses that are out there. It's, it's really interesting how companies are, are positioning themselves now. I mean, even if you look at Amazon, I mean, they're putting more of a focus in, in smaller buildings now when, you know, before they right. were, they were known for, you know, these behemoths, right? So it, it's pretty interesting to, to see that shift in it. And it's interesting to see how those systems are adapting to that as well. So really interesting to, to get that kind of insight from you there. So you mentioned in there too, as well, you, you said quick implementation, uh, so I'm yeah. curious about yeah. that, right? Because I, I think when we talk about implementation and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but 
you know, sometimes uh, implementations can be a little painful, I, I guess. And, and maybe, you know, historically, there's been a lot of maybe talk around, you know, implementations not being so quick, right? So, yeah. so tell us a little bit about the, the quick implementation you mentioned there and, and kind of like how, how things have evolved and, and changed around implementation to maybe, you know, not make it such a scary word anymore. Yeah, all of this starts with recognizing that WMS deployments, they're complex. Yeah. Because you are managing, orchestrating physical resources, whether the people, space, products, you know, re- robots, these are physical resources which have to be you know, orchestrated, managed, managed while managing, particularly from a people perspective, the change uh, that they go through as they implement, let's say, a, a WMS. So, so the notion of speed and and quick, yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think about it differently. Right? It, okay, I, I think it's more important to bring the organization through the change process. And doing it right, getting it done right, is more of a priority than getting it done in six weeks, 12 weeks, or 16 weeks. Hmm. That said, you know, we certainly, no, no one has patience anymore for an implementation that goes on for years. Right? Yeah. Uh, everyone wants to get, get these systems deployed and successfully deployed within, you know, a few months, hmm. let's say. Whether that's, you know, 10 weeks, 16 weeks, not a material difference. Yeah. And that's why my, my guidance always is start with the objectives, right? Why are you choosing to deploy a WMS? Is it a technology change primarily? Taking some old legacy warehouse system doesn't serve your needs anymore and, and deploying a new modern WMS for the future, or is it is it labor efficiencies that you're looking to gain or inventory accuracy that you're struggling with? Mm. What are those objectives? Be very clear on those objectives because that's what you need to communicate to everyone that's going to go through this change. Why are we doing this? So that's important. And then, and then from there, be realistic about the speed, the change, change management, the thorough capturing of requirements. What does the business need to be able to do with the new WMS? Making sure those requirements are are properly communicated to whoever is doing the implementation. Because in in the end, the implementation is is the company's initiative, not yeah. whoever is implement. It's not a project for the provider. It's a project for. So it's an initiative. It's a substantial initiative. Mm-hmm a change initiative for the company that's that's going to go through this. So they, they have to be clear on what the business needs to be able to do with the new solution, communicate it, make sure the design as gets as it gets developed by the provider, uh, someone like us or or whoever is 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 working with the company to implement. Mm gets a, a solution design captures the the business needs and from there you know making sure there's a good thorough test 
plan test management that's in place. So, so all of the business needs are, are properly tested. Uh, business requirements are properly tested. So, so that when the decision is made to go, mm-hmm. everyone has a level of comfort that requirements were documented, solution was designed for those requirements and tested. And there's always, you know, a set of unexpected things which happen as you go live, yeah. you know, plan for that unexpected, whatever those unexpected things are. Now I say, expect the unexpected. <laughs> and when those things come up, calm, calmly work through, you know, whatever that came up, collaboratively come up with a solution should be those things should be you know few things should should be edge scenarios or corner scenarios that were not captured we'll work through them and the important thing is give people that are going through this change breathing room yeah <laughs> to deal with right? it's new systems and this is how they they will run the business going forward give them some mm. breathing room yeah yeah absolutely and I, I think that's such a such a great point to be able to you know not i think you get lost sometimes in in the system aspect and you forget about that that human element and and that is such a such an important thing i mean especially when you're talking about i mean in any system but you know especially when you're talking about a wms and and there really is going to be an impact to that end user all the way from you know the manager that's that's looking up stuff in wms all the way to the floor or the people that are you know doing picking packing and utilizing wms to to be able to do that so a really good and uh, thoughtful insight there on, on uh, how to go about implementation and, and what to to think of at, at its core uh, is really that the human element because you could you know you could have a totally smooth implementation from a system technical standpoint and then if it's just a surprise to workers on the floor you're going to get some some resistance and it's not going to go as as well as you you thought it it would and and you won't get that initial kind of efficiency productivity boost that you're probably hoping for and probably was probably yeah. one of the reasons you you decided to switch or decided to put in a new WMS right so yeah yeah so very interesting stuff here and and, and very interesting to to hear from you too on all these different insights and and things happening within the the industry and and really appreciate you coming on to to talk to us about this if people are interested in in learning more about net logistic and, and talking to you more about some of these things and, and their WMS potentially overall, what's the best way to, to find out more information or, or get in touch with you? Yeah, our website is, is the best way, uh, netlogistic.com. We're on social media platforms like LinkedIn and, and others. And as, as we you know, present ourselves on, on shows like yours, Certainly, you know, as you know, you hear of, of someone that has a need. I would love to to hear from people who know us. You know, get a get a, a good warm referral. You know, is important for us. That's why you know we we put a lot of emphasis on our partnerships. Mm-hmm. We're you know next to our partners, really thinking about their objectives and aspirations as a company, whether it's Blue Yonder or others and supporting their growth and we get a lot of a lot of warm introductions and referrals from our partners yeah th- thank you kevin for having me and having yeah, uh, on, on the show 
been a great conversation. Good questions. Yeah, absolutely. And, and great answers too, as well, I'll say. Uh, so you complimented my good questions. <laughs> but we will definitely uh, put all that information at thenewwarehouse.com as well uh, so people can easily find it. So Jagan, thank you very much for, for coming on the show today and, and sharing all these great insights with us. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from The New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for The New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.